0: Hey guys, I was able to chat with fellow dividend investor, Russ. He has three great dividend picks, two stocks you may have never even heard of that have had great capital appreciation and dividend growth. So make sure to check out his channel after the video, I'll link it below, but without further ado, here's how the conversation went.
1: All right, so my first pick here is, and you know, I wanna preface this by saying that this is what I'm buying right now, heading into 2023. These three are kind of my top three choices, but in all honesty, anything can happen things change and i i don't know what i'm going to be buying 4 months from now i like to keep it open and fluid and just look at the just look at the opportunities as they present themselves and this is one that i'm liking celanese which they are a specialty chemical company they've been around since 1910 and they IPO'd in 2005 so there was they were private for a long many years uh, warren buffett and Berkshire started buying them at 130 ish in the $130 range. When I first started buying them, they were at $92, 102 right now, as we see right there. And yeah, Berkshire added more to their position. Uh, We've from their last 13 F, but yeah, sometimes these safety scores can get people a little bit too much uh, stock in them. So it's remember, it's their opinion. It's not gospel. It's their dividend growth, 16 years uninterrupted. So they've been paying that dividend uh, since it came out and 12 years growth streak, 29 percent 10 year CAGR. So that that uh, mountain's been getting pretty high as of late and they pay $2.80 a share. And dude, they're all over the chemical space. They bought the M&M segment from DuPont, which is like EV space. They make just chemicals that are everything from paints, adhesives, like polymers. They make the anti-fog that goes on the back of freezer doors and goggles. They make the filtration systems for filters. They filters in uh, cigarettes, which obviously is gonna be going away. They also make the, they're the only producer of Aspartame, which is Ace K. They call it, I believe in the Western hemisphere. So huge company. Their dividend yield is 35% above the five-year average. The PE, are only paying $8.70 for every $1 of their earnings. Their free cash flow payout ratio, 23%. So that's super low. I don't know about you, but I love looking at the free cash flow payout ratio is more important to me than the earnings payout ratio. Yeah, sales growth's come down a little bit. But one thing I love, dude, their shares outstanding, 109 million. I think they're really going to ramp up buying back shares now that the share price has been uh, pretty low as of late. Um, so,
0: Russ, was the way that you heard yeah. about this company? Was it you were maybe looking at Warren Buffett's, you know, portfolio, and you're like, hey, what does this yeah. company do? And then you, know, the more you looked into it, the more you saw that you know they're using everyday life and
1: yeah so i was looking at the 13f that berkshire filed and i was looking for any of those positions that might be undervalued i really didn't know a lot about selling these, and just dug into them the more i dug the more i liked and which is what we should use 13fs for is we use them for idea generation never copy never blindly buy because warren did mm-hmm. and yes and their net debt i love this 38 percent of their net debt to capital so they are definitely solid there and as far as intrinsic value, this is one thing that's pretty, pretty awesome. So $101, they give a base case intrinsic valuation of $230, which means it's 56%. But if you want that real safe margin of safety, so I can say that twice, is their $135 if they were to have five years of negative growth. And that even gives them a discounted cash flow value of $93.48. So they are really close to just being just a great, great uh, acquisition uh, for any portfolio, in in my opinion. So that is Selenese.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask Russ. That's a huge like potential upside with this company. That's probably one of the biggest I've seen. Do you think this company has just been hit hard with how the overall market has been? But this company as as a whole is very strong. Its fundamentals. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just I think their fundamentals are really strong. And some of their competitors here, you know, they give this look, you can kind of see some of them Sherwin Williams with the paints, cause they make uh, EcoLab. eco lab. They just, and they're just, they're one of the biggest global specialty chemical producers. And they have a really solid moat from everything I've looked at and I can tell. And I just, it's, it's kind of the industry. I mean, you know, it's also a lot of it with them is their acquisition of the M M&M and M segment, which is, um, they got from DuPont, uh, $11 billion they paid for that. So a lot of people are sketchy on that. Management wants to get that paid down quick. They're focused and committed on that, which I do like. And then as far as them, ownership, management, the insiders buying and selling, uh, they haven't sold any, so that's good. And uh, they did have uh, some buys going on about uh, a year ago.
0: Oh, yeah. I I also loved what you showed that they're, Shares outstanding is you know dwindling as time goes on as well, so that's a you know bigger piece of the pie that we're all getting when we invest into selling these.
1: All right, so know. next here I got NextStar Media Group ticker NXST. Do you know who NextStar is? I
0: have not heard of them before, Russ.
1: Have you heard of WGN? Of course,
0: it's a really popular yeah, they- in Chicago.
1: Yeah, they bought the uh, Tribune corporation or company is it i don't know they bought tribune which uh they owned a a lot of things and that's why they own wgn uh the radio and the uh the tv station so they are tv they're broadcasting they're really diversified think local um local news local media they own almost the number one or number two local news station in every market, even the big ones, LA, New York, Chicago.
0: That's pretty impressive because, you know, as much as we maybe hate mainstream media, we, I think there's still a lot of trust with the local regional news networks.
1: Right. So they get a lot of advertisements from that. And then obviously in election years, their revenue goes way up. So people will short the stock in non-election years because there's a little bit of a pullback, but uh, Perry Sook, their CEO has a really cool plan for uh, something called ATSC 3.0, which he wants to be using the broadcast airwaves to kind of create like a toll road. Uh, Sports betting is one thing that he wants to get involved with. Uh, He has a really, really interesting plan for that without getting too deep into it. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of people get scared off of NextStar because they think that streaming is going to kill them, but they're, they're shifting, they're evolving. And it's just, it's a really, really interesting business. The deeper you dig, the more I like. And yeah, that dividend, uh, you know, it's growing 24% CAGR the last five years, they're paying currently $3 and 60 cents per share. And as far as their timeliness, they're, Current dividend is about 6% above the five-year average, so not a super deal there, but as I'll show you in a minute why I've been buying them is because they could potentially be way higher valued. Um, Their free cash flow payout ratio, 10%, they have just tons of room to raise that dividend. There's no danger in that dividend being cut. I mean, $34 billion, uh, $34, <laughs> $34 billion of cash flow per share. That would be incredible. Yeah, uh, $34 of free cash flow per share to pay that $3.60 dividend. Just super, super easy. Uh, sales growth, yeah, a little bit low. In election years, they do have some nice little spikes. In 2016, it was one point. 10 billion dollars. They issued more shares, bought Tribune Media, and then that doubled more than doubled to 2.43, and it's been going up into the right since then. Currently a almost $5 billion of total uh, total sales. So just a solid company, I think. Really high, a re- nice return on invested capital, uh, big free cash flow margin, a little bit of debt, but they are paying that debt down. And then over to Alpha Spread. They have an intrinsic value of $357, so about 51% undervalued on the base case. But if we look at the worst case to get that sleep well, margin of safety, shows about $166. So they're really close to that. Remember, intrinsic value is just a range. So currently 5% overvalued on that base case of that exact number. But remember, we just said it's a it's a range. And then a little bit of the... Uh, gory details maybe is that insiders have been selling. Um, This isn't always a clear reason that you should sell. It just tells us that, I mean, there's a million reasons people could sell and there's only one that people buy. So we would like to see uh, some more uh, transactions in the buy side from the insiders with Nexstar. Any questions about (laughs) Nexstar?
0: So NextStar is continuing to buy the main uh, regional networks in, you know, each major city in the U.S. I assume that they also have uh, websites, too, right, for each of the regional, just like WPN has its own website here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit of their revenue. Correct. Correct. So, okay, yeah, because, um,
0: you know, if you're trying to, you know, read about the news in the area, right, like you're not going to get that on mainstream networks or on mainstream uh, websites. So I think that's another opportunity for them to, you know, sell some sponsorship yep. there.
1: Yeah. So they also have News Nation, which is a nationwide news platform as well, independent. And yeah, just uh, not a lot of companies that are going to be competing with them. And they're developing a pretty nice mode. And if the ATSC 3.0 gamble does pay off, I mean, they could really, really be uh, skyrocketing up in share prices revenue from that comes in
0: and they've just continued to go up in share price here up uh, 138% in the last 5 years that's you know ridiculous growth and they've been in the green even this rough 2022 they're up 14% year to date
1: yeah i mean more money's coming in and it's just i think it's just a matter of time before the market really starts to realize what they're what they're missing out on so we'll see i mean right it's like uh, ben graham said in the short term the market's a voting machine and in the long term it's a weighing machine and when it's going to be accurately weighed we don't know but if a company keeps increasing their intrinsic value it's just a matter of time before the market finally realizes that as well and finally the last one that we're gonna chat about here and i'll I'll try and go through quick everybody knows target I've been talking about Target. If you don't know who Target is, I don't know. Maybe you don't get out much. Well, no, if you're overseas, uh, they're, they're a competitor to Walmart is what Target is. But their dividend yield is currently almost 3%. I've been buying them. I love this 20% dividend growth. Had the biggest uh, one-day drop since the October 87 market crash uh, also Walmart fell as well and that's cuz of the inventory glut. Uh, obviously inventory sitting is cash that's just sitting that might have to be taken at a discount to clear out that inventory. So we don't like to see inventory there but anyway, Simply Safe gives them a dividend safety score of 90. Uh their dividend growth, they're a dividend king, 50 years of uninterrupted dividends, 14% 20-year CAGR which is just just awesome. And again, they did increase that 20%. Currently paying $4.32 a year, $1.08. So I'm loving that. And their dividend yield, 20% though, above that five-year average. I think that's pretty nice for a company as big and solid as Target. Uh, the PE, obviously PE to me is just, eh, it's not the be all end all. So yeah, lower PE would be nicer, but look at that price range, $249 to 139. It's at 149 right now. So exactly $100 lower than where it was 52 weeks ago. This is one of the bugaboos about them. Currently, a negative free cash flow payout ratio. So, yeah, they've felt the pressure, and I think that's just going to stabilize. Uh, currently, negative $3.87 of free cash flow per share. A lot of inventory issues. I think it's going to stabilize out, and this is why their stock has been hit so hard. So, I'm using this as a great buying opportunity for a great business. Uh, Sales has been dropping a little bit since they were helped out, right, by the pandemic. Currently, shares outstanding, 469 million, all the way down from 663. So love to see them buying back shares. And I'm hoping they're really going to go hard into buying back shares now while their share price is down. But their total sales just up and to the right. So we'd love to see those sales uh, growing. And obviously, with inflation, they're going to get more money coming in the door with that. Um, Some of their numbers could be a little bit better. Uh, 15% return on invested capital. Remember, return on equity can be fatter than it should be. And as we see, their net debt has gone up to 63%, but management does want to keep that under control from what they've said. And as far as target, what about that intrinsic valuation? Well, check it out, the fair value, the intrinsic value, I should say, is $185. So it's about 20% undervalued from that range. And in a worst case scenario, we're looking at about 135 bucks. And I bought some shares at 139 once again. So it was close to that. And what about Target? You buying any Target? You're looking at Target.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can just tell you that, you know, when I bought my new place, I got a lot of uh, you know, household items from Target. Uh and you know, whenever I visit, it always seems like it's, you know, jam-packed with people. It's hard to even find parking sometimes. But um, question for you, what yeah. do you think about the potential Amazon effect? You know, that's always a question and with retail stores. Uh you think Amazon is coming for Target or is Target well prepared for them?
1: I think it would have happened by now. Um I think people just like having that neighborhood target store, Walmart store, Walgreens store. Yeah. It cut in it a little bit. And I think they're staying competitive. I think they're going to start. I don't remember if it was target that wants to start rolling out, um, delivery, more delivery service, but yeah, they know management knows. And it's it ultimately it'll be up to the consumer where people are going to choose to go from, but, like my wife gets all her groceries from she does pickup from either Walmart or Target. She calls it in, drives up, you know, check in in the app, I'm here and they just bring all your groceries out. And I don't I don't know how Amazon would compete with that on such a scale that they would just go grocery shopping for you and bring it to your door. We'll see. They're yeah. trying <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about capitalism, man, is there's just there's this moat and there's always people trying to attack the moat and businesses that's that's the bad for businesses great for customers and consumers
0: it's survival of the fittest uh, both target and amazon they're both down around what 35 40% here to date so uh, potential big buying opportunity here in the retail space cuz you know we know that's not going away
1: kind of two of mine not not talked about a lot especially nextar media But I think it's just great when you look into some of these companies and you do a little bit of digging, um, you can find some some opportunities that are definitely not priced correctly, hopefully. We'll see.
0: We're always trying to find those (laughs) hidden gems, right? Potential more buying opportunity there.
1: It's something I'm really taking to heart heading into 2023 is to not just be buying a company like Intel because it looks so cheap. Right now, you and I could probably talk about Walmart and Target, just the difference, the good, the bad, the ugly, what they might want to do better, what we'd like to see from them. We could probably do that for 30 minutes just off the top of our heads. But if we tried to do that, like why you know, Taiwan Semi's chips are superior to Intel's chips, I think for
0: specific niches of technology like that, right, that's where we really have to rely on, uh, you know, analyst reports and because they would know the ins and outs of these companies and uh, we really need to rely on them for that information. But that, you know, ultimately gives them so much power, right? That's why when these analysts, they go from a buy rating to a sell rating, the stock price absolutely tanks because that's what people are putting, um, you know, all their information based on that report. So they, they hold a lot of power.
1: You took the words right out of my mouth. And, you know, if you don't want to do it, if you don't want to read annual reports at least and get to understanding a business, then just index it. And uh, yeah, I guess if you're putting all your faith in analysts, then you're going to be at the mercy of the analysts and hoping that they're not deceiving and that they didn't miss something. And, And at the end of the day, the analyst opinion is just that it's their opinion. Right. Hey, so what about you? What's your strategy in 2023? Same, different, anything interesting?
0: Yeah, honestly, you know me, I always try to practice dollar cost averaging. So every week uh, I actually buy on one specific day. So I, every Friday, try to put in around maybe $400 into the market, trying to buy near 52 week lows. That's why a lot of my stock picks, you know, Google, Metronic, Aries Capital, they're all near their 52 week lows, trying to buy into those positions. Uh, just keep evaluating every week, hey, what stocks are, you know, at attractive prices, what, you know, positions need to be added to to make sure I'm diversified and, uh, you know, appropriate risk levels there. And, you know, I'm constantly learning about new, you know, companies like, you know, two of the companies that you mentioned today, I've never even heard of. So definitely have to look into them. And, uh, you know, I think 2023, it's uh, going to be, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be, you know, it's, uh, you know, the Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve, they have so much power with their, you know, interest rates. Uh, you know, inflation is still ridiculously high. Um, you know, obviously there's conflicts, you know, going on across the world as well. So um, I think it might be another sideways. It might be a sideways year in 2023. But, um, you know, I'm just going to have my money, you know, ready and working for me in the stock market, collecting those dividends every quarter. And, uh You know, I know one day those interest rates will go down again, and we'll have another bull run, just like we had in the 2010s decade. But you know, what's what's your thoughts on that, Russ?
1: Well, dude, you you said it. (laughs) You don't know what's going to happen, and nobody else does. I don't know. Prepare for the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. And I don't know. That's what I'm doing. But it's good to have a plan, kind of. Like you said, you know what kind of investor you are. I think that's the most important thing in investing is knowing what kind of investor you are and just having that plan. So when everybody's freaking out and everybody's selling everything, then uh, I don't know where you were buying in 2020. But in March 2020, I remember being stupefied that McDonald's was being sold for, I think I got a share at like $140, $142 at the cheapest. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, these people are nuts. Everybody's just, sell- people are like, <laughs> I don't care. Whatever it is, just sell it, sell it, sell everything. So not we're not undertakers looking for a plague, but <laughs> that is the best time to be an undertaker. And the best time to be an investor is when the market is crashing all around you. Yes.
0: I think 10 years from now, we'll be looking at you know, these prices that, you know, Target, Google are trading at and wondering why we didn't buy, (laughs) we didn't load up the whole boat and just buy more of these, you know, companies while they were low. Uh, But I know right now it's, you know, scary to, you know, put your money in and then see it just go down. But yeah, that's, that's what investing
1: is. Yeah. Well said, man. Definitely enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, we will do this again. We'll chat again.
0: All right. Yeah. You definitely know where to find me and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey investors, that was half of the conversation with Russ. To see the stocks that I'm buying, check out my half that's actually available on Russ's channel. Thanks again to Russ for the collaboration and I'll catch you on the next one.